Lifestyle on camera, hundred thousand dollar chandelier. They tried to turn me to an animal, but white people think I'm radical. Supermodels think I'm handsome. You might think I'm too aggressive, but really I think I'm too passive. Till I pull out the chopper, start blasting. Well, I hope you bought low on Devontae Adams because, well, we told you so. Devontae Adams went absolutely crazy on Thursday night, but a lot of other guys didn't, so that was kind of on me. Andrew Sherry here, as always, with Scott Smith. Scott, that was a really weird game on Thursday night. I feel like we nailed everything except everyone. Like, it was just like Devontae Adams. We knew the breakout was there, and then everyone else was just really, I think, a huge disappointment. Yeah, I expected uh, more Chris Valdez-Scantlin to do a little bit more than he did. I think uh, you actually, uh, I think you actually uh, pegged him as your smash play. He would have been, correct, yeah. But, uh, I mean, look, it, as much as Devontae Adams was, was balling out and, and just uncontrollable by that, that Philadelphia secondary, it's almost shades of what you saw last week with, with Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin scores. But look, yeah. if you got one player dominating like that, why why go away from him? No, for sure. And I mean, you know, I just, you know, I think we look at our smash plays and we obviously try to target guys in the, you know, the, the middle tiers. And, you know, I, man, I, I thought the writing was on the wall there, but, you know, we just didn't see it from Valdez Scanling. I know that he got, I think there was like three PIs on him. Uh, there was a wide open play across the middle where Rodgers overthrew him. You obviously, I thought that was a touchdown at the end of the game that would have sent it to overtime and would have gave him some points. So, yeah, it was just not a good all-around game by them. We'll, we'll really touch quickly on that game because, um, you know, I thought a lot of people thought it was going to be a loss for the Eagles. Um, I, wrote, I wrote them plus four and a half. I mean, I knew it was going to be a tight game. That that Just them starting one and three didn't really seem plausible. And so we look at their secondary. We knew it was bad. So we expected the big night from Baldus Scantling. He doesn't get it. Devontae Adams goes off. There's not really much to say. We told you to buy low. But I guess the thing about Adams is um, they're saying turf toe. Uh, after the game, he said he didn't even want to put his shoe on. Um, now he's saying they don't really expect him to be out very long. So I know there's a long week. So are you a little worried about Devontae Adams? Because turf toe is an injury that you really don't want to mess with. I mean, we've seen A.J. Green. We've seen other guys really get hampered by a turf toe. So I guess it's good that he says he doesn't think it's serious. But, I mean, is, is there any small cause for concern there with Adams? Yeah, I think you have to be cautious and be somewhat worried. We've seen turf toe bother wide receivers in the past and even tight ends as well. I mean, it, it just can't be a good situation whenever you have to be a wide receiver out there running routes and pushing off and making those cuts and breaks. It, so it is somewhat concerning. You just have to see, um, you know, how, how it plays out if he misses any time at all. And, and you maybe bump him down, you know, a tier or two, like in, in the ranks uh, based upon the turf toe. But Look, if he's starting, you have to throw him in the lineup until you see something that proves otherwise. Uh, kind of the other thing we kind of thought of, at least I did, I'm sure you did as well. You know, we kind of, Aaron Rodgers kind of underperforming. They're, they're moving, they were moving, at least from a fantasy perspective. You know, they, they, they move the ball a lot slower. They're a slower pace under the floor. But, you know, Rodgers came out and he looked pretty good. I know there were some questionable play calls in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, Rodgers' O-line was, I mean, that O-line was not helping him, and he still put up over 400 yards. And he finally had a good fantasy day, and you know it's something that we've, at least fantasy owners, have been waiting on. Yeah, if uh, if you paid uh, 
you know, the ADP cost and and that's first the problem. Five rounds. Yeah, you know, if you paid that for Aaron Rodgers, you've been disappointed thus far, and and it's just part of the reason why you wait on quarterback year in and year out through drafts, and, and you don't want to go ahead and get a guy like Rodgers and 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 see a guy you could have gotten much later like Lamar Jackson just outperform them every week. Um. Jamal Williams' injury was scary, um, to say the least. Um, Trying to frame this right. So Aaron Jones, you know, that first drive, it looked like he was going to be a good fantasy play. He was really saved on the last two drives. I think he got four four catches his last two drives. So kind of saved his fantasy day. He did find the end zone. Um, so Aaron Jones... You think just it's it's been tough matchups, huh, Scott? Because I mean, I know they're down Malik Jackson, but the Eagles' run defense, you know, at least coming into the year, was uh, going to be heralded as one of the tops in the league. So, kind of just a tough string of matchups for Aaron Jones. You think he could possibly be a buy low still? Look, as bad as that Eagle secondary is, that their front seven is legit good, against yeah. against number one running back so far this year through four games. They've given up less than a hundred yards rushing. So that's something to to really take note of if you have a, a running back going up against that, that Philadelphia Eagles defense. You, you really need to kind of start bringing them down a, a few pegs and tiers in, in your rankings and as far as your expectations go week in and week out. With that being said, the Jamal Williams injury, look. Aaron Jones just needs volume. That's all he needs. Yeah, he, he just needs to be a volume play. You you see him out there breaking tackles and, and making people miss, and he's active in the pass game. We just need a coaching staff that's going to believe in him and let him be a true lead back. So it, it's just crazy to me, and it makes me wonder if the coaches that he's played for think he can carry the ball and, and carry the load of a lead back because you just haven't seen anybody let him do it yet. So if Jamal Williams misses time, I, I think uh, I think you know he, he's going to get the opportunity that he needs, uh, you know, with that Philadelphia Thursday night game. It was only him, Jamal Williams, and, and the fullback Vitali that were active. So, you know, he he got it, but you know, with the game flow and, and with that Philadelphia defense, it, he uh, he really needed the the reception. Yeah, he um he played eighty five percent of snaps. Uh, so that kind of speaks to what you were saying, Scotty. He's definitely a volume guy. So next two matchups for Aaron Jones at Dallas and then home against Detroit. And Detroit's got a good run defense as well. So I think Aaron Jones over your next two weeks, I, I think he's probably one of the best by lows in all fantasy football. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Scott. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you're, you're talking about a top 18 running back that has the ability and ceiling to be in the top 12. For sure. So, um, you know, you had that performance from the Packers. We go over to the Eagles side of things. Eagles was a, was a big fantasy disappointment. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, it, it wasn't top 15 probably for either of us. But if you started him, you started him. And, he, you know, he gave you a normal 20-point day. Um, my thing was, uh, let's talk about the obvious, Jordan Howard. So, I mean, personally, I was always a Jordan Howard guy. Um, I, you know, I think what we saw out of his rookie year was incredible. Then you look at his second year, and it was like they kind of just faded away from him a little bit. He still had a good year, but then you saw a complete fadeaway last year. Now he's in Philadelphia where you, they traded him for nothing. Miles Sanders gets brought in, and what is Howard doing? He's running like he did in Chicago, and he's running the ball well, and he goes off for, for three touchdowns. And I, He's still only a 31-point day because his PPR value shot, but I mean— you know, we don't talk about standard a lot, Scott, but Howard could be a top 24 back in standard leagues, it feels like. He might be a touchdown hog. 
Yeah, absolutely, in that Philadelphia Eagles offense. But the thing is, can Miles Sanders get one freaking touch in the red zone at any point uh-uh. in time? And and nope. that's that's where those high value you know touches are, are are coming from. And that's what Jordan Howard's been able to take advantage of thus far. It, it seems like he's got the clear role there in the red zone to get that type of uh, opportunity. But look, I, what I see, uh, you know, if I, I'm just looking. At runner versus runner, I, I think Miles Sanders is the better runner. I, oh no, for sure, him. no, he definitely is. Yeah, you know, I, I see him sure. breaking things. So the problem is, I just think his ceiling for for the time being is going to be capped by Jordan Howard getting all the touches in the red zone. You know, we talked about it, and you brought up a point earlier uh, when we were doing our show, our off season preview shows. You, you know, you kind of mentioned you thought that Doug Peterson would be kind of this might be the break of the mold here. We might see this committee kind of get faded a little bit, but I mean, you have to be a little concerned, Scott, because you know, he, his highest percentage of snaps played was week one. Uh, you know, it's actually, it was 49% week one, 43% week two, 34% uh, week three, and then 35% this week. So there has to be some concern, Scott. I know he's talented. It's obvious. He's a great running back. He was probably one of the best running backs of that class, but I think in fantasy football, landing spot is king. That's kind of what I was saying in the offseason. I feel like, I mean, there's nothing that has shown us otherwise that Peterson is not going to be committed to, you know, just running one running back. I feel like he's just going to be a committee guy. It's just how he runs his offenses. Yeah, for right now, I, I think, you know, that's where the data and the evidence is pointing. And unless something changes, I think you have to basically play the backfield uh, in that way and yeah, at this probably. point in time even with Jordan Howard having as big of a game as what he just had he's still a risky flex play week in and week out because you just don't know right at this point I think yeah, he's unstartable in PPR in my opinion I, so I mean it's, I, I'd, until I'd, proven otherwise I'd be willing to say that 80% of the people who had Jordan Howard didn't even play him and missed out oh on no a 30, he was 30 point game he was, I think, I want to say I saw, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, you know, don't say, take us to the grain of salt, I guess, I don't know what platform it was, but I saw 9% started Thursday night, so that kind of shows you where people were at, but I mean, Miles Sanders, he's been under 10 PPR points every week except last week, and last week he was inflated due to that, that big catch, he had 2 for 73 in the, out of the passing game, so I just, there's a lot of concern for Miles Sanders right now, I think if you're in a dynasty league, don't don't stress as much if you're in a redraft league. I mean, I don't, it's, it's going to be tough. I think, you know, feeling comfortable starting him week in and week out uh, real quickly. Zach Ertz, you know, kind of has his role settled. What interested me and it screwed me actually playing you in a league. I was surprised to see Nelson Aguilar just completely, just completely be a, a, a dud. I mean, it's, it's a good passing defense so far this year in green Bay, but I mean, you see Alshon Jeffrey get back, and it's, you know, I would like to say Nelson gets a zero, so Jeffrey went off. Jeffrey had a mild game as well. He, he, the touchdown saved him. So Nelson Aguilar, Scott, I mean, was was it just, I mean, what do we think about that? Because, you know, last week it looked like he could be a, a flex start in PPR for the time being, and then now he kind of looks like a complete, really droppable player. Well, I think the thing you also have to look at is you had Dallas Goddard back healthy. And, and we talked about in the offseason how we, we thought that, you know, the, the, the Eagles wanted to run a lot more 12 personnel and get, get Goddard involved. And with Alshon Jeffrey healthy, that was what you saw last night. I mean, excuse me, Thursday night. Yeah, just super interesting. I mean, we, you know, I just we saw Aguilar eight catches a game and 
to start the year, and you know, I don't really know his red. I don't have his Redskins stats up, but I mean, last two games, 16 catches. So interesting for them. I guess it'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, that's about it for Thursday night. Let's roll uh, right into some quick news before we do our uh, our week one preview. Melvin Gordon. Um, we we spoke about it on the waiver show the rumors of him reporting the next day. He did report the next day, listed doubtful by I think Ian Rappaport and Adam Scheffner. Now Ian Rappaport is reporting that Melvin's got a good chance to play on Sunday. I don't know if this is tied into Justin Jackson's late addition um, with calf injury, so they kind of just need an extra running back. I mean, I guess this would be the week to bring him back, give him limited work against a bad Dolphins team. So, um, Scott, Melvin Gordon, uh, he, are, are we are we starting him, or what, what are we doing? No, I'm not going to start him this week. It's look for me. It's the same situation we talked about that that the Patriots were in with, with Antonio Brown. It, it's it's basically a preseason game for for Melvin Gordon. It's a game that they don't have to take very seriously because it's against the Miami Dolphins. So they can go ahead and run Melvin Gordon out there and see what they have, see where he's at as far as conditioning, get him some touches, get him back involved without having to worry too much about what the game plan is. I think I think you're going to see Melvin Gordon probably get 10 to 12, you know, carries and, and touches maybe. So you could maybe slide him in as a, as a flex play, but I, I would prefer to wait a week and, and, and see how he looks this week and see what kind of shape he's in and and be a little bit more confident going into next week. So we roll into our next news, Damian Williams out. So assuming Damian Williams is out, just really quickly, Melvin Gordon or Daryl Williams, who would you start? Look, I, I think Daryl Williams is kind of earn some snaps in that backfield. And I think uh, we talked about a little bit in the earlier week show, but when you have uh, Shady McCoy, who's also just nicked up, you know, he's probably, he's still going to play, but I think there's enough carries and enough touches there for Daryl Williams to, to be a, a solid flex play. Daryl Williams should be an interesting start. It is a good Lions uh, defense, in my opinion, good, good run defense as well. So that'll be an interesting play if you're uh, in need. T.Y. Hilton, Doubtful for Sunday. I think we mentioned how we, we thought it was trending that way the other day when he was questionable, but now he's officially listed as doubtful. We've seen the injury bug with him. Uh, I guess the only thing I really have to ask you, Scott, uh, in relation to this week is, is there anyone you're picking up in that Colts receiving core to kind of get you through the week if you need some uh, need some help? Nobody in the receiving core, per se, but I think Jack Doyle is an, in- an interesting streaming option. Um, he had a good rapport with Brissett a couple of years ago, and I-, I think he could be an option with uh, T.Y. out. All right, that would really do it for news. We, we don't have much news um, to kind of get to, uh, so we'll jump right into the-, the stuff that you guys care about the most, for sure. Kind of week four preview, who you should start, sit, who we like this week. Let's get things kicked off. Uh in an interesting game, I think a game that, you know, in the NFL landscape, I think the loser of this game's in a lot of trouble. Um, Titans at the Falcons. Um, we'll start on the Titans side of things. Um, I guess we'll start right there. Mariota, you're sitting. Derrick Henry. Uh, I kind of, I don't know. I'm feeling it for Derrick Henry this week. I think this might be the first time I, I'm interested in Derrick Henry a little bit. Uh, Scott, upside for Derrick Henry because you have a defense that just lost Keanu Neal. Uh, they're not really a good defense to begin with. I think Debo is like, you know, their, their pride and joy out there. So Derrick Henry, where's he at in a PPR league for you? Top 20? 
Is this the first time you said something positive about Derrick Henry on the show, like officially? No, I said I think I, I mentioned about how I would love him in standard leagues. I think that I was a big big standard league guy because he doesn't do anything else. So look, PPR league for me this week, Derrick Henry is a top ten running back. I have yeah, him as okay. uh, my running back eight on the on the week. I think uh, this offense is going to continue to feed him the ball, and you just haven't seen the Titans and their coaching staff give uh, De- Deion Lewis enough snaps to even concern you about volume issues right now. So he's still sprinkling in a, a few receptions here and there, but uh, I think you're looking at Derrick Henry in like seventy. 75 rushing yards is like the the floor for him this week. I I look I agree I don't I don't really have him top 12 because PPR but I I really I, I'm not going to argue with you on the sentiment there of Derrick Henry. Um, Delaney Walker is going to be a full go. You're starting him. Uh, that's really it. The receivers are deep deep plays. Just really quickly, Scotty, it's not even really in relation to this week. I guess it can be. Corey Davis. I mean, is this kind of the end right here? If he doesn't put up again, or are you kind of just fading Davis? Well, I don't think anybody's really been starting Corey Davis. I mean, he's been a fade right now, but I don't think he's droppable yet. I think he's uh, still one of the guys that's sitting on the end of your bench. And uh, I think with this game, depending upon how it goes, you can start to see things kind of shift and you might see Tannehill come. And I think for Corey Davis, that's the best possible thing that could happen is the Tennessee Titans making a quarterback switch to to Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill at this point in time is a better passer than what we're seeing out of Mariota. And I think that's what's going to help Corey Davis the most. So look, right now, He's a he's a sit for me. I think he does have some upside in this matchup. I think he could could do better than what he's done, but that, that's not saying much because he really hasn't done much up until this point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't think there's any point to 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 where you start him unless you're about as desperate as they come in fantasy football. But I, I haven't reached that point yet. But I, I think I think he could surprise this week. But I, I'm still not starting him, putting him in a lineup. Yeah, I just not a lot of good fantasy options in that Tennessee Titans offense. Let's start things off. Matt Ryan, he's a start. I think. I think. I really don't think there's a lot of opportunities where you're 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 benching him unless maybe you have like a Lamar Jackson type situation. Um, let's start with the running back, Devontae Freeman. We said last week was the get right game. If he didn't do it last week, we didn't really think he was going to do it ever. He looked good last week against kind of a. It's been a week. Um, the run defense for the Colts, say the least. So, Devontae Freeman, um, I'm assuming you're starting him, Scott. I, there's probably not much to add there except he's a start. Yeah, I mean, I have him as a running back 17 on a week. So, you're, you're looking at a middling running back, too, uh, as far as, like, expectations. And, you know, you start looking at this Tennessee, uh, this just – this defense it's not a, a positive game script or, or a, a great matchup for Freeman so he's kind of sitting where he's sitting mainly because he just doesn't have that much competition um, over the last five games the Tennessee Titans ha- have allowed the 20 most most PPR points to uh, running back so I, I think he's still a solid uh, start as a running back too someone I'm interested to talk about um, Calvin Ridley so it's kind of my breakout this year um, Week two, we saw it versus the Eagles. Then last week, just complete dud, to say the least. I think one fantasy point. Just It was a nasty week for Calvin Ridley. So in your best words, Scott, I, I, I tell people, because I know me and you kind of, you hyped up DJ Moore a little bit more, but you know I think Ridley and Moore was someone we liked to talk about a lot in the offseason. So 
I mean, we're seeing the Julio Jones touchdowns finally come. It only took 25 years, but um, should people be concerned with Calvin Ridley between the issue last week of really not doing anything and then you add in the fact that Julio is finally, finally, I don't even want to say put it together. It's like he's just, I think he's just, he's finally found a way to get in the end zone or they finally drew up some plays to get him in the end zone. So should people be concerned about Calvin Ridley? Look, you know, we, we had Calvin Ridley kind of as that wide receiver 20 to 25 range. And, and this is the type of games you're going to get from those guys. Sometimes they're going to put up the duds and you're going to have, you know, other games where they're they're in the middle. And you're going to have some games where they, they're top 10 options on, on the week. I, I just think this is one of those games. You had Julio Jones and you also had the, the tight end there. Like, go ahead and, and get some with, with Austin Hooper scoring. And I think, what do you have, like two touchdowns? So... I think it just was a game where not that he wasn't like game plan for it's just the other things were working for for that that offense and they have options other than than Calvin Ridley and this is just one of the, the handful of games you're you're gonna get sprinkled in throughout the season that that are duds that you're just gonna have to take with a guy like Calvin Ridley. Yeah, so Julio Jones obviously start um, Austin Hooper. Um, you were the highest on everybody for Austin Hooper, so I think that's looking good for you. I really think. He's going to be a consistent, uh, consistent, good tight tight end play. I think he's got that upside, especially with OJ Howard down. So that's really it in that Falcons offense. Um, you know, aside from Calvin Ridley, I really think everyone else is a start. Um, Redskins Giants, uh, a game that I'm tremendously interested in, to say the least. I think you have a lot of interesting pieces here. Let's start with the Giants side of things because, in my opinion, there's you know. I think two guys in that offense who I'm picking up off waivers and I'm starting this week. Daniel Jones, we got to start with it. So Redskins, you know the Redskins well, Scott. You're a fan, sadly. You know the the past defense has not been good for the Redskins. Daniel Jones looked good. You mentioned Josh Allen light. There's a lot of things to like. So am I crazy for having Daniel Jones number 11 in my quarterback rankings? No, I think it's a reasonable place to to start and expectations to have based upon last week and specifically just how porous the Redskins secondary has been, giving up deep balls left and right. I think you look at uh, both Evan Ingram, who who's just performing well. I want to say he's the, the tight end one so far in the year. And then Sterling Shepard, who also came back and, and had a nice game last week as well. I think all of those guys are, are great matchups and great plays this week. So I have no problems with, with Daniel Jones kind of kind of being in that eh, quarterback 11 to, to kind of 15 range. If you want to make a case for him to be any one of those in, in that range, I, I think uh, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're somebody and you have like Jameis Winston, uh, even I mean, I played Thursday, Carson Wentz. I feel like Jones is even a better start than all those guys. So, Pick him up off waivers and start him. Wayne Gallman. This is going to be so interesting. So, what is he? Is he top 24, you think, for the running back in PPR? Whew, that's a rough one. Um, that's, where he, that, that's where his consensus is, man. He's, he's top 20-ish. Yeah, I mean, you look at... You look at just it's the Redskins defense is really I'm not a Gallman guy I'm not high on I'm him. Not I just don't think he has really <laughs> an, any intriguing traits as a as a runner um, I think it's strictly like a volume play and, and really just hitting against how bad the Redskins defense is I, I think I mean running back 21 I think is about as high as I can see him uh, I think he'll probably fall somewhere around like RB 24 for me this week. 
But I mean, I, I guess I, you know, I mean, I guess it's it's crazy to say, you know, we're, we're looking at bye weeks, you know, finally. So I think if you're in a Matt Breda situation, I just, I mean, I wasn't for. I know a lot of people. There were some people who were kind of talking twenty percent of Fab on Gallman. I think that's a little too much, but um. I mean, I don't know. I think he's a start this week. Sterling Shepard uh, at receiver. So we know Evan Ingram's a must start. Sterling Shepard, uh, I feel like it's going to be like, it's going to be go time. I feel like Sterling Shepard's going to go nuts this week. I, I, am I correct in thinking that I have him top 15? Whew, you've got him a little bit higher than I do. I have oh, yeah. him as my wide receiver 21 on the week. Um, I think there's definitely some touchdown potential there. Uh, the only thing is the Redskins have gotten beaten badly by speed receivers and and Shreppage not exactly that speed receiver he works a little bit more in the intermediary routes he's a you know possession guy with, with a little bit of yards after catch so I think uh regardless of the case you, you're buying opportunity and Sterling Shepard and, and and Evan Ingram are going to have all the opportunity in the world this week so I think you'll you'll con- continue to see that and Sterling Shepard's a great play on the week yeah I, I'm about 15th right now in PPR I'd Baldus scaling at uh, 20, so it kind of you know shows you where I'm at for the week, though. So, um, so let me ask you this question: Would you start Sterling Shepard over, say, Julian Edelman this week for for people out there that are, or maybe have two two guys like that that are, are kind of in a similar situation? Actually, no. I'm I I like. <laughs> I mean, this might be. I mean, like we'll have maybe some debates on the show. I like Julian Edelman to be to be top 12 this week. I think he's round number 12. I think I think the opportunity is going to be there. Um, I think. We saw last year um, Josh Gordon was locked down by Trey White. Trey White followed him everywhere. Gordon really just couldn't do anything. Trey White is a great outside cornerback. I, I think he's proven himself. I think it's going to be Edelman game. I think it's going to be Edelman or Dorsett, and I like my chances with Edelman. He was taken out last week. He was having a good game. Chess was precautionary. I mean, they were beating the crap out of them. They didn't really need him. So I like Edelman this week, but they're close. I mean, that that's how high I am on, on Sterling Shepard. I just think... There's a lot of potential for that Redskins-Giants game to, to be a shootout, in my opinion. I think a lot of points could be put up, and I I, I don't trust Gallman, so I think a lot more receptions are going to go to Shepard. It's just kind of where I'm at. It's just a, it's a, it's a really weird week because Shepard was a guy I had, I, I want to say, high 20s. I mean, I, I was not high on Shepard coming into the year, but new quarterback who can actually throw the ball, no Saquon, worse running back, so... I like Shepard a lot this week. Um, Redskins. So, like I said, we're starting Evan Ingram. So, um, Case Keenum. He's been throwing picks, but he's throwing the ball all over the place because they're not staying in games. So, we're not really starting Keenum this week. Um, I guess unless you're in a, unless if you're in a crazy situation, um, which is I mean it's, it's possible. Um, Scott, running backs. Uh, I'm thinking this is more of. I'm thinking this is more of a Chris Thompson game, but I also feel like we could see exactly what AP did to the Giants last year. AP went berserk in New York last year, and I think that's possible again because it's it's not really a great Giants run defense. So I know you probably like Thompson more, but do you think uh, AP is kind of a sneaky play? Look, I actually have them both in the top 30, and I have them ranked back-to-back as uh, running back 27 and 28 with Adrian Peterson uh, as a running back 27. A lot of Chris Thompson's games, uh, his points have have come late in the games with with the receptions, just saving them. I I think he's got the most receptions, or excuse me, the most targets uh, among running backs right now. But I I think Adrian Peterson, I think this game will end up being closer than what people probably think. So I think there's definitely a chance for Adrian Peterson to, to continue to get carries. 
and and possibly uh, cross that goal line and get people a touchdown this week. Yeah, you mentioned Adrian Peterson. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he should be good to go. Is he top 20 this week? Uh, I don't have him top 20. As, as a matter of fact, due to the hamstring injury, I'm, I'm going to kind of move him down. I, I'll, I'll have him right around wide receiver 26. I think uh, what he's done and, and the way he's performed thus far has been great. But I'm going to take a little bit of a precautionary standpoint with him this week with the, the little tweak that he had with the hammy that came out on Thursday and, and just – move him down a couple of pegs and not really expect that huge breakout game like he's kind of been having. So I think maybe this is the week you see the uh, touchdown streak snapped. Do you think this could be, uh, for people in deeper leagues, could be a sneaky Trey Quinn week? I'm actually going to start Trey Quinn in a league where I have some uh, wide receiver issues, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Trey Quinn is has kind of taken a back seat because McLaurin has been playing so well. I actually think Paul Richardson could be a sneaky play this week. So uh, I think, uh, especially in some DFS uh, matchups and stuff, I, I think you'll see Paul Richardson being a, a cash game play. So I, I like the possibility for all three of those guys really to to perform well and be sneaky plays. I, I think this game has a chance to be a lot more interesting than what people are giving it. If you're in a tight end crunch, Vernon Davis? So I am in a tight end crunch in one league, trading away uh, Mark Andrews uh, and uh, left me with no tight end. And Vernon Davis is the guy I picked up off the waiver wire and will be playing this week. Not a bad start. I think he's a sneaky little play. We saw week one. It was kind of a fluky. Uh, I just interest- need the bridge to get me to Chris Herndon. That's there it. you go. Oh, I can't wait for Chris Herndon. We're going to be talking about him a lot next week, if I had to guess. Um, so we look at... It, the Redskins offense. So here's my question to you. And it's just, it's something that I thought about earlier, uh, earlier today. We're talking about Case Keenum. I mean, again, he's throwing the ball everywhere, but there's interceptions everywhere. So should you try to, I mean, it's not really buy low, but should you be interested in looking at guys like Chris Thompson, Terry McLaurin as possible trade bait? Should you possibly trade up for them? Because, I don't know. I guess it's more of a Dwayne Haskins question because I think that offense explodes with Haskins. I really liked what I saw. And I think Haskins has some possibility to really be good. So should you be interested in acquiring those guys if possible? Look, last week was an absolute disaster of what you saw out of Keenum. And, uh, but up until that point, the, the two games previous, he played well and, and was more than respectable out there as a quarterback. Uh, word I'm getting out of Washington is that they're really just not preparing Dwayne Haskins to play at this point in time. So he, he's still not getting a, a whole lot of snaps. There's some rumors that the coaching staff as a whole weren't really on board with drafting Haskins. So I, I think it, it's going to get to a nuclear option before Haskins comes in. And by nuclear, I mean, I think it's going to be, and you could see it after this week, is, is Jay Gruden getting fired. So if there's a coaching change that's made, I can see Haskins coming in. I don't know that the offense as a whole is going to operate better than what it has. I think what you're seeing is pretty much what you're going to get. I think as far as Chris Thompson goes, you have to look at it on a game-by-game situation and and see where the Redskins are at. They're not going to be favored in too many games, but in the the bigger games where you expect them to be blown out and and have the game flow geared a little bit more Chris towards Chris Thompson in the, in the passing game, I, I think you'll, you'll play him. But in, in closer games, I, I think they'll try to keep things close and, and start leaning on Adrian Peterson and in games that they can get by and try to keep things close. So as far as trade targets, look, we already talked about uh, 
we should have grabbed McLaurin off the waiver wire week one when we talked about it. Um, Chris Thompson's a guy that we also talked about. I think they're going to have PPR value in leagues for a lot of guys this, this year. Look, I, I snagged Chris Thompson off the waiver wire before the season even started, and, and I've been plugging him in basically as a play while I wait for this whole Miles Sanders situation to develop or get better. And he's, he's performed well for me. So I've been happy with what I've gotten. So I can absolutely see maybe making, you know, some offers to some guys. The problem is I think McLaurin, the people who have him right now are probably going to overvalue him a a bit, but I think Chris Thompson's definitely a guy you can go out and get. I traded Terry McLaurin for Allen Robinson and McCole Hardman, who was the better end of the deal. I think that's easy to to say because to me, McCall Harmon's basically to throw in if you just consider Allen Robinson and, and Terry McLaurin to be on the same level. So you got an extra piece in a deal. Yeah, I, I still like Allen Robinson more than McLaurin. You really convinced me on Allen Robinson, and I have to. You, you deserve props for that because I think you're seeing. I mean, you're still seeing Mitch be bad, but man, Allen Robinson looks good. But we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, Chargers, Dolphins, Dolphins. No one is being started. Chargers, we look at the Chargers. Um, we talked about Melvin Gordon. We're not going to start him. Eckler, you're going to start. I really don't think it's a debate at this point. Phillip Rivers, you're rolling out. Keenan Allen, you're rolling out. Uh, Mike Williams is out. Um, so I guess really all I have to ask you, Scott, I really feel like there's no one really to talk about. Is there anyone maybe that you're going to keep an eye on? Because I feel like you know any prominent Chargers figure in your lineup you're going to start. Yeah, I mean, I think so. The The big thing about this is that, look, Miami's given up the most fantasy points to running back so far on a year. And I, I think we talked about it. And the more I kind of warm up to the situation, I can maybe see like getting Gordon in as, as a flex play if you really need it. Uh, I mean, I have to think people who drafted him are, are really probably in a little bit need a little bit of running back help so you're a guy in one of the leagues that we're in that that drafted uh drafted melvin gordon so so how do you feel in this spot with with miami giving up 36.37 fantasy points per game to to opposing teams running backs so you know if let's just say eckler gets 14 you know 14 to to 16 touches I mean, do you think there's that that Gordon could put up enough on another, like, say, 12? It's going to be close. I mean, I, I do have Gordon in a few leagues kind of just playing the gambling game of, of um, fantasy. And um, I really just – the way I think about it is I'm – I have Breed on a buy, so I have to I have to really, like, consider what I'm going to do. I really – I'm nervous about Gordon from the sense of I think that – he just I think it could be like you mentioned it could be eight carries just to get his feet wet or it could be let's get him right and roll him out 20 times against the Dolphins team we're gonna blow out so I'm really nervous about it from a fantasy perspective I think if you're in a bind I think he's a good start Uh, but I look at I look at someone like Daryl Williams and I agree with you I think I'm starting Daryl Williams over Melvin Gordon and I'm gonna really hate it when Melvin goes off but I mean I think this is a good lines team I think it's like a seven and a half point spread. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do lines at home. So I like Darrell Williams to get a lot of meaningful play. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, we saw it last week, re-enter his ankle a little bit, just enough to take him out the game. So it's it's tough for me, Scott. I, I don't I don't have him in my rankings, admittedly, because I just, you know, I kind of just saw the news this morning. I probably honestly like Gordon 
Probably in that 30-ish range, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't really know how to judge it. I just I think there's so many unknowns with it and uh I just It's hard it's hard for me as well and I think the thing that really kind of pops out to me is that Justin Jackson's going to be out for this game. That's and the I, thing. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they want to throw that entire workload at Eckler. I think it's a it's an easy matchup. So it, it, it kind of it, it kind of It's a preseason game. Like, you mentioned look, it. It's a preseason game. That's it, it just basically makes what it me is. feel like you know that the Melvin Gordon came out and said San Diego cut his 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 fines in half for missing for the time that he missed. So it, it's I could almost see the coaching staff and, and kind of wanting to mend the fences and, and just give him some red zone snaps yeah, and pound yeah. into the end zone just because it's going to be such an easy game. So I, as we're talking about it, I'm convincing myself more and more to to maybe like just get him into lineups as a solid flex, even though my my instincts normally would be to caution it and wait till next week. Yeah, it's. I could. I, I mean, I, I can. I can like honestly. I could really see both sides. So it's gonna be hard. But I mean, look. I mean, look. If you're in some leagues where you you're, you have the bye weeks, the Matt Breda, because maybe you got Breda to cover you for Gordon. I mean, look. Roll out Melvin Gordon and good luck with it. Um, Colts Raiders. Uh, we look from the Raiders side of things just because. I mean, they don't really have much. Uh, I, I guess really the only guy to talk about here is uh, Tyro Williams. Are you starting him? Because Darren Waller has proven himself at the tight end position to be a start every week. So Tyrell Williams, you're rolling him out? Yeah, I like Tyrell Williams. Uh, I, I think what you're going to continue to see is is just the volume there with him. He's he's getting a, about 17.5% of the, the targets there for Oakland. I, I think uh, this is a game that I could see him getting more. I like the matchups going up against Pierre Desir um, there at cornerback. So I would expect him to to do well. But on the other side, just also in that Oakland offense, look, you heard the rhetoric come out from, from Gruden and – we talked about it, but Josh Jacobs hasn't been getting utilized in the in the passing game, and, and Gruden finally came out and, and said that he's going to make it a point to get uh, Jacobs more involved in the passing game. So I'm I'm really interested to see if that happens this week. Um, I have uh, Jacobs ranked a little bit higher than what most people probably do. I have him at running back 18, but I think there's some meat left on the bone for him to hit a, a higher ceiling than that. So I, I'm I'm definitely interested in uh, both Tyrell Williams and, and Jacobs in this offense. I agree. I think it could be a top 12 week for Jacobs. Uh, Colts, no T.Y. Hilton. We talked about his replacements, if you're really starting any of them. I mean, it's, uh, look, I think the Colts are going to steamroll, but I don't know if it's going to be, be a big fantasy day for anybody. So I guess really the only thing I have to ask for you, Scott, is we're starting Marlon Mack. Um, and I guess, um, I guess I'll phrase it as this, Scott. Jack Doyle, um, Paris Campbell, do you think guys like that are just sneaky plays? No, I'm not really going to call anybody a sneaky play. Uh, maybe Jack Dole if you're in a streaming option. I, I think the the connection that Dole and, and Jacoby Brissett has, and you start looking at some of the snap counts that are being played between both Dole and Ebron, I, I think uh, the arrow for me is leaning a little bit towards Dole. I think he can be a sneaky play, but I'm really not investing in any of the other guys. We're talking about Pascal and Rodgers and... Yeah, I, I'm just not interested in in much of this Indianapolis Colts offense this week. Outside of Marlon um, Mack, Jack Doyle or T.J. Hawkinson. Whew, this week, um, look, I, that that Kansas City team they they run the points up, so I, I'm going to go ahead and take Hawkinson. I think uh, just you you can expect Detroit to be playing from behind and playing catch up, so it's going to be a lot of passes going on this week. Let's go over to Texans Panthers. Um, 
Panthers, I mean, they're really okay without Kyle Allen. Um, I mean, with Kyle Allen, excuse me. McCaffrey went off uh, bad, bad defense. But look, I mean, they're not playing a much better defense in the Houston Texans. So, DJ Moore, Scott, um, one catch last week, kind of a disappointing game, but that touchdown saved him. So, are you just kind of a fluke last week? You're kind of rolling out DJ Moore this week? Yeah, I'm going to continue to roll out DJ Moore. Uh, none of the cornerbacks you're talking about, Jonathan Joseph and, you know, a couple of these other guys there in Houston, none of them scare me as, as far as matchup. Uh, don't go ahead and expect uh, Kyle Allen to look like Superman the way he did last week, but uh, I think it's still a positive matchup for uh, Carolina in this offense, and, and I'm still going to roll with DJ Moore as, as a strong flex option. Curtis Samuel, any thoughts on him? I think at this point, Greg Olson, you're just going to keep rolling out at this point at the tight end position. Uh, Curtis Samuel, any interest? No, not for me. I don't think you get him in there in in the lineup. I'm. Um, it's not that I'm down on Curtis Samuel. I just I think there's only enough to to go around for one wide receiver thus far in this uh in this Carolina offense right now. And so for me, Curtis Samuel is going to be right outside of my, my top 36 wide receivers. He's going to come in at wide receiver 37, which makes him barely a fringe flex play. Um, I mean, if you're going to take a stab, Curtis Samuel's looked good so far. So I, I think, you know, there's reason to, to be a little bit excited about him, but I, I still, I'm going to be a little bit more on the cautious side rather than, than hoping for that big play from Curtis Samuel with Kyle Allen, at quarterback. Starting uh, DeAndre Hopkins um, on the Texans side of things. I, I mean, like, you're starting Hopkins. Um, you're starting Watson. I guess really my only question for you, is, Scott, is uh, what do we do with Duke Johnson? Because I think uh, that's a big miss for us. Uh, thankfully, I didn't reach on him in a lot of drafts. I have him in a few leagues because I got lucky. But I didn't really reach on him. I saw him go really high in some leagues. The hype kind of got out of control, and we were certainly buying into it. Uh but Duke Johnson, I mean, I hate to say it, Scott, but I mean, if he puts up another dud this week, I, I really, I, I, I can see him being droppable for a few teams who really need the roster spot. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of frustrating. I, I have Duke Johnson as my running back 37 this week, and, and it's the problems, the snap counts are just going down and down, and it's it, it's crazy that it's Carlos Hyde. You know, that's that's hijacking Duke Johnson's play in time right now. And, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde's making you look good, even though you were expecting him to be on Kansas City. But Carlos Hyde's basically taking over the running back one role there in Houston right now. And, uh, and until you see something different as far as game script and and things of that, I just don't see Duke Johnson. I, I think it's very much going to be dependent upon the spread and whether or not Houston's in a game where they're playing catch up. So. For this matchup in particular, I think Carlos Hyde's the play over over Duke Johnson. So let, let's go to the Chiefs Lions. Um, really, not much to talk about Texans, even for deeper league standards. Honestly, unless you have kind of like a Will Fuller, you know, fourteen team league. Lions Chiefs. Uh, we'll start with the Lions, Scott. Um, Matt Stafford quite questionable. <clears throat> I think he, he's playing. Um, my my concern is with on Johnson. He was my breakout. I mean, he really wasn't a breakout, but I, I kind of had him really high. I was, you know, flirting with him in the second round of drafts. Um, ah, man, Scott. I, I mean, we, we look, we saw Mark Ingram pierce that Chiefs uh, run defense. You called Ingram to have a big week. A lot of people had him as their starts of the week. I mean, Ingram looked awesome. So you think that same fortune could come for on this week? 
Yeah, I think you can see it with carry on. And I think the the big issue that that you have to look at with carry on is that 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 running back core there for Detroit's going through a little bit of a, a metamorphosis and you saw them get rid of CJ Anderson. And the thing is, is, is with that happening, you know, carry on started getting more snaps and he's getting more work in the, in the past game. So I think you, you continue to, to feel good about carry on. You, you want one of these big games to happen for you, uh, you know, sometime relatively soon compared to, to what you've gotten thus far. But I think this is a good spot for carry on to, to go ahead and have a big week. I really, I, I don't know. I'm feeling it. I started him over uh, Aaron Jones. I feel good about that. Kenny Galladay. We saw the Marvin Jones crap shoot last week when I thought it was going to be Galladay. But look, Galladay's still been good this year. So you like? I'm, I'm assuming you like Galladay more than Jones. But uh, let's phrase it this way. Do you think, I mean, yeah, I feel like they're both starts this week. I think Marvin Jones could be a sneaky flex. Oh, I have Marvin Jones as my wide receiver 22 on the week. Um, look, if you've got a, a wide receiver in, in a passing game against the Kansas City defense, I'm, I'm starting him. I just think that's the way it's going. It's not like Marvin Jones doesn't have the talent. It's not like he hasn't put up big numbers in, in games past. So for me, Marvin Jones is, is a clear start this week. Um, I'm probably going to have him a little bit higher than what a lot of other people do. But it's a gamble that I'm willing to take. Um, I'm going to get him into to lineups as much as I can. Yeah, 22 is a little bit higher than probably a lot of people have him. Is there? Do you just think it's going to be kind of a chase points game? Do you think it just it's going to kind of be that come from behind type uh, type pace for Detroit? Look, I, I just I, I just look at what what you've seen, you know, for for them and just in general. I, I think Marvin Jones is a very similar receiver to to what you see out of DJ Chark even. So DJ Chark went four receptions, 146 yards and a touchdown. I think it's definitely there. The passing volume and game strip game script should be in, in Detroit's favor as far as like passing the ball. Matt Stafford's been playing solid this year. So I, I just like all the the passing weapons there in Detroit this week as solid plays. We talked about TJ Hawkinson, so I mean it's been it's been kind of it's been a disappointment to see him fade out this much to say the least. Uh, do you still really have a lot of trust in him? Look, he's going to have some rookie growing pains, but I think this is a this is a solid week for him. Still, um, I'm still gonna I'm gonna rank him right outside of my my top twelve tight ends. So he's going to come in and probably around tight end thirteen for me. And look, it's still. It's still a good week to to go ahead and play Hawkinson if you have him, and unless you have somebody else, uh, you know that that's gonna be a better play. I'm I'm still gonna go ahead and start him. Uh, Ravens Browns uh, in Baltimore. Uh, we'll start on the we'll start on the Brown side. Um, Baker is a sit until proven otherwise. Yeah, he's gonna be outside of my uh, top twelve quarterbacks on on the week and um i i think i think more than anything baker mayfield just does not trust his offensive line right now and and i don't blame him and the coaching staff has done him no favors with, with the way they've been calling the offense they've been way too pass heavy if i was the coaching staff in particular i would tend to lean a little bit more on nick chubb right now until you get some of these kinks and things worked out look jarvis landry's been just invisible out there he, he hasn't been He's, able to get much going and has been a bust up until this point for people who've drafted him you mentioned that and really quickly and i can't believe i'm saying this and i i think it's i think it's possible you think 
if we see another dud from Landry, is he droppable? I mean, I'm not saying drop him, but I mean, if, if you're in a roster crunch, he might be the guy you drop. Nah, there's there's no point where I'm gonna drop uh, Jarvis Landry Jeez. unless he's injured. I just in, t- in a ten team league, I could see it. In in a ten team league, but I don't play in ten team leagues, so you're talking but to the wrong guy do. for that. People do though. So, people but do. I, I can see Scott. I can see situations in that you you drop in Jarvis Landry for some other options out there during you know maybe a tough waiver week or something. But look, the thing is. Jarvis Landry's still in an offense that is going to produce. They're, Cleveland's going to get right. They might not be the juggernaut Super Bowl team that a lot of people are touting them to be during the offseason, but they still have weapons. They still have talent. You saw Baker Mayfield and what he could do last year. I, I think this offense is working out some kinks, both along the offensive line and with the play calling. I think they'll get a lot of that worked out. And I think you still have two primary options in Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is going to be a sit until you see otherwise and see that come together. But I think uh, as far as this offense goes right now, the only two people you're starting with any confidence is Odell Beckham and Nick Chubb. Yeah, and uh, you you just you segue perfectly. So keep starting those guys. Don't bench those guys. Obviously, Ravens Lamar Jackson. He's a start. Um, um, I mean, is is kind of has just is it official that Lamar has officially become a must start guy every week? Oh yeah, he's a he's a top five guy. I mean, week in and week out, he's going to continue to put up those type of numbers. Um, I, I just think with the the rushing ability, the Konami code that he gives you, there's a floor there that not a lot of other quarterbacks can reach. Mark Ingram. He's a start, obviously. Um, Scott, listen, I'll give you some time to shine right there. You liked Ingram a lot this year, um, so I want, I want to give you credit here, Scott, Mark Ingram. Glowed a little bit. Uh, do you think this is something he's going he's gonna to carry into the year? Because I had him in the late 20s. I wasn't high on him, so what do you think about Mark Ingram? Talk about it. I, 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 he was incredible last week. He looks great. He's got. I'm just ranting because I'm surprised by it. He's the second. He's been the second most elusive back in the NFL I don't know how they have to measure that because I feel like that's not a big sample size but Mark Ingram so you think this is going to be something he sustains because I'm shocked to see uh, a a lead running back in Baltimore I kind of thought it would be more of a toss between a few guys um, look, the thing is, is I think historically when you look at rushing quarterbacks and, and offenses, you go back to like the Mike Vick days and you look at the running backs and and how they perform. I think the the play of Lamar Jackson and, and teams having to to be concerned defensively about you know the the read option and, and things of that nature opens up more running room for Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's you know shined and and look. They haven't played the greatest of defenses. We're talking about Miami and Kansas City, but the options are there. There's nothing I saw out of Gus Edwards that was going to scare me away. I expected Justice Hill to do more up until this point, but you look at how he performed within the New Orleans offense, and I just think Mark Ingram, the talent and opportunity was there for him to be lead back here in Baltimore. And historically, Harbaugh's offenses have been among the best rushing offenses in the league year in and year out. So it's something that I'm comfortable with. Um, going into the season, and and I actually made a trade for Mark Ingram this week. I gave up Mark Andrews and Carson Wentz, and, and got back with Ingram and uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's more or less just a throwaway to me. But look, I, I think Ingram as a, a running back three on some teams is is what league winning teams can be built off of. So go ahead and get your Ingram. You know he he's not going to play quite on, on on this level week in and week out, but I, I think it's more than capable of, of finishing as a, as a running back one at the end of the year. 
It's trending that way, and you deserve the props on that. Uh, Marquise Brown, we rolling with him this week? Yeah, you know, the volume's there. He's always a threat to go ahead and uh, and take one to the house and get one deep. The, the thing that I'm excited about when you see him, when we talk about opportunities, right now he's at 26.2% market share targets there for Baltimore. So he is the primary option in the passing game along with uh, Mark Andrews. I actually think Mark Andrews is going to struggle more this week. Uh that Cleveland defense is kind of locked up on uh, tight ends so far throughout the year. So I think you can kind of bump Mark Andrews down a few pegs and not have quite as high of expectations as what he's been performing on the season. Yeah, I, uh, I like Waller over Andrews this week. It's kind of a move I'm making. Um, Patriots, Bills, the last of our 1 p.m. Eastern slate. Um, let's start with the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen. I know we've been, he's, I feel like he's been a fringe starter every week. Um, If you're, that Patriots defense has been so good, but I don't know if they're going to stay this good. Uh, Josh Allen, is there really any way that you start him? Yeah, I think uh, there are situations right now. I have Josh Allen as my my QB twelve on the week. I think uh, I think the Patriots can still get out to to a big lead, and you can see Josh Allen in, in catch up mode in this game, and that 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 equates to some rushing yards, that equates to some deep throws and things of that nature. But look, it, as far as the Patriots go, I think this is one of the best Patriots defenses they've had you know, over say the last five to seven years. So it's don't, nuts, don't man. underestimate this uh, Patriots defense uh, getting Jamie Collins back and some of the other pieces that they have there. I think uh, the Patriots defense, if you play in league with, with defense and special teams, I, I think they're a team to, to keep an eye on. If somehow they float out into the, the onto the waiver wire and free agency, you can go pick them up and, and start them. Um, Frank Gore, I mean, he's defying the odds. I feel like we always have to talk about him. Devin Singletary, questionable. I feel like he's not a start. I feel like they're going to nurse that, that uh, hamstring. Uh, any, any possible scenario you're starting Frank Gore? I mean, he's a middling flex play for me. I have him as a running back 30. There's a chance that he gets in the end zone. I think he's going to be the primary option. You did see TJ Yeldon get some work in the, the passing game. So that definitely caps Frank Gore's upside. And I think it's a tough matchup for Frank Gore. But I think you're going to continue to see him get touches. So if just purely as a, as a volume play, I think he's going to handle 16 to 20 touches this week. And, and that makes him a flex play just off of that. Uh, John Brown. So Scott, I mean, he. I feel like he's. Uh, I feel like in wide in three wide receiver leagues with a flex, I feel like he's a must start. So, John Brown, is he just gonna kind of keep being that kind of that plug him in as your wide receiver two or three start every week, or do you think he's kind of kind of just uh, wait and see if he continues? Because I feel like the John Brown thing is every year it's like a he's gonna break out. Let's start him. He does good, and then he fades, and then he does he does good later. So, what do you think about Brown? Yeah, I think Brown's going to have a tough matchup this week. I think it's going to be tough sledding for him. I have him as my wide receiver 40 on the week. I can see a scenario where Cole Beasley's getting a, a lot of the work where the Patriots kind of go up you know, in the game. And then as you see Buffalo play and catch up, you, you see Bill Belichick. They almost not necessarily go into prevent defense, but they're much more keen to giving up plays like over the middle instead of like giving up a big play deep. So I think you could see Cole Beasley as a, a sneaky play this week. And uh, I think John Brown's still going to be a, a starter, like you said, in, in some leagues where you, where you have three wide receivers and flex. Uh, I think he's he's definitely in play in that role. Let's go to the Patriots. Um, 
I just talked about how much I like Julian Edelman, so let's start in the passing game. So, uh, we like Dorsett as our top waiver wire ad. I have Edelman top 12. I think he's, I just, I think Gordon's going to get locked up. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think Tredavious White is supremely underappreciated as far as what he does out there week in and week out uh, as far as a cornerback. He's one of the few guys that really shadows players uh, all across the field. Um, Josh Gordon, look, he's a he's a physical specimen, but uh, I, I think there's a situation within this, this o- offense as far as the Patriots go where just the way they game plan, if Josh Gordon's being locked up by Tredavious White, they're going to find other ways to get other people the ball and move it. So here's here's what I'm curious about. Um, James White. I mean, we you know we, we saw him miss last week, but it was kind of a family thing. Um, so I guess there's really no real concern with him. That running back core is White the best start right now until we see some kind of normalization between Burkhead and Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, um, and and just just to kind of glance at the rankings I have for this week, uh, I have the Patriots running back separated by ten spots. So James White comes in at, at running back twenty two for me. I think his role is the most solidified as to what you're going to see. I think he's going to continue to work along with Julian Edelman as far as that short passing game goes, and I just think he's integrated into the offense and just set in stone. So then that really leads the divide between. Sony Michelle and the, the limited amount of snaps and, and touches that he's gotten over the last few weeks and Rex Burkhead, who, let's face it, I mean, running back 17 right now in PPR leagues over on the year, uh, I think he's definitely, you know, got to be an addition to, to rosters and he shouldn't be sitting out there on waiver wire until you see something different. You know, I, I've got these guys d- differentiated. I still have Michelle ranked over Burkhead, but Burkhead interests me a lot because if anything happens to Sony Michelle, he's probably going to slide right into Michelle's role. If anything happens to James White, he's going to slide into James White's role. The thing I think you really have to look at, and he's not a guy that's going to be ranked anywhere, but James Devlin's hurt. So there's a lot of formations that they use with, with, with Devlin as far as personnel packages goes, and it, it, it brings in a, a two-running-back look. You're not going to see that this week, and I think for... Just, just a hunch. I think that favors Burkhead a little bit more. They just like the Patriots just refuse to give Sony Michelle many looks as far as that passing game goes. So uh, I think Burkhead is a sneaky option this week, and I'm still concerned about Sony Michelle. That's why I have him ranked as a, a running back 25. And and if if things don't change, then you you have to kind of like look at the trends that you're having with Bill Belichick and these running backs and start to move Rex Burkhead higher. I still can't believe that. Burkhead is running back 17 right now. It's just it's definitely the definitely the twilight zone to say the least. Um, I really think that's it, Scott. You really touched on it all um, for that game and that offense. But I guess really the only thing maybe we have to talk about Tom Brady. I know you mentioned Allen is kind of in that 12 range, so that would mean that Allen, Daniel Jones, we're starting guys like that over Tom Brady. I feel like he's kind of in that quarterback 16. Look, this ball. This, excuse me. This Buffalo defense is is. One of the better defensive units in the league, but with that being said, I I have Tom Brady over both uh, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. So Tom Brady's going to slide in as my my quarterback eleven. I don't know why people continue to doubt Tom Brady. He can score on any defense, any game, any scenario at any point in time. So he's going to continue to be a QB one for me. I have him in a number of leagues, and I'll be playing him. 
But yeah, my my just my you know my concern is just you know I think we saw last year with Brady he was underwhelming at the fantasy position, uh you know at the quarterback position I should say. So just a little nervous. But I mean, look, Bills play tough at home, so I think this will be a closer game than people are really giving it credit for. Bucks Rams. Wait, wait, um, wait. My question to you though. Yeah, let's, uh, I mean, you're a gambling man. Do we see dildos on the field this week against uh, the Patriots? Since that's the big uh, the last that. few years, it's been the big Buffalo uh, thing. We, you saw it's like a, uh, they probably removed it. Um, I think it was Bet Online, I think, or no, Odd Shark, uh, a gambling website. They, they set odds for dildo on field. I think it was, I think yes was about minus 120, and I think no was like plus 110. Look, you know what I'm doing? I'm taking out a loan. I'm putting thousands of dollars on yes, and I'm sneaking a dildo into that stadium, and I'm launching it onto the field and getting rich. That's what I would do. I would bet on. I would bet on. Yes, there. There. Someone's going to get one on the field. It's kind of the the tradition out in Buffalo. And oh man, goddamn! It look. It. I one one year. I'm going to go to a Bills game. I, I want to be in the Bills mafia and see what that's all about. Um, you're, you're you're going table. You're going through a table. I would love to. That'd be so fun, man. They they look like they have a good time. And I really like honestly like we need we universally need to cheer for a Bills Super Bowl. Because you know they're bringing Bills Mafia to whatever city that is, and they're going to wreck that city. So, I, I like broken tables and dildos <laughs> and fires. They they light fires too. That, that's a that is a savage little bunch of people. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Bills Mafia. Love Bills Mafia. If you're Bills Mafia, thank you for listening. I, I nothing but respect for uh, for the Kings out there in Buffalo. Um, Rams Buccaneers and at three o'clock slate. Rams are like nine point favorites. Um, it's 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 gonna be a it's gonna be a Rams W. Put it that way. I'd be shocked if the Bucks pull out anything. Um, Jared Goff, he's not shown otherwise. Whether you like it or not, he has not been good this year at a fan in a fantasy level at least. So, is this the Jared Goff bounce back? Yeah, look, I I like all the Rams players this week. I, I know Robert Woods has kind of had a down year, but he's still getting target volume. He's averaging right under uh, nine targets, I think, a game there. I, I like all my Rams players this week, even Todd Gurley. I have him ranked as a uh, running back 13 this week. Um, I, look, I'm just I'm starting them. I'm, I'm super pumped right now with all my Cooper Cup shares that Cooper Cup's uh been been playing and just going off the way that he has wide receiver six in uh, most PPR leagues. So, um, look, if, if you've got a Rams player, I'm starting them. And and that's even with an improved Tampa Bay defense. I think Tampa Bay's defense has played better than what they've played in the years past. Uh, Shaq Barrett is just slaughtering left tackles. So uh, I would be a little bit concerned uh, about a little bit of Shaq Barrett getting in, but I'm starting all my Rams guys. You mentioned running back 13. Give your case for that because, I mean, I think we know the talents there, but that seems pretty high just based off of how disappointing Gurley, Gurley's usage has been. Yeah, you know, Gurley's, Gurley's had a, a little bit of a disappointment, but I, I'm just – I think this Rams defense is going to be able to move the ball up and down the field, and it, it, it's even hard to say, and I might have to – really take a, a good hard look before I finalize my rankings. But, you know, when I when I start looking at the, the game logs for the first couple of opponents and we look at it and, and this this Tampa Bay defense, it, it held Tevin Coleman in check through the, you know, 5.6 points in the, as far as uh, things went the, the first week. And then you start looking at it and McCaffrey, you know, 53 yards and 
Saquon got hurt, but he only had 37 total yards. So it, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think this is a game that Todd Gurley is going to going to get in the end zone. I think they're going to have a, a lot of problems. Um, thus far, the Buccaneers have been one of the better uh, game, like defenses against uh, the rush, and, and I, I just think it's going to call the hunch. I think Todd Gurley is getting in the end zone this week. I think it's fair, and I'm not really disagreeing with you. I think I think everybody starts this week. Um, Buccaneers. So we saw the Evans breakout. I mean, well, I guess justification of what we know he can do, I should say. Um, my question to you with the Bucks offense, Scott, is, is Chris Godwin worth a start? Because I have him... Honestly, almost every league, Godwin's my wide receiver, too. I think that's how I drafted him. We you know, we predicted the breakout. But I feel like this week, I think this is the first time I really don't want anything to do with Chris Godwin. I think you mix in the, the designations for injuries. You mix in the target share last week. Godwin, I really I have him borderline top 30. I mean, do you think I'm just a little freaking out too much? Because, I mean, I don't I, – I think – I think you can't really rank him above Evans, and I don't think we're going to be too high on Evans this week. So what do you think about Chris Godwin and that Bucks passing offense in a game where they should be trailing? But, I mean, I don't know how much that will be worth. Look, I think if you take any of the guys from, say, wide receiver 15 on down to, to wide receiver 30, I think you can make a, an argument for any of them. Um, as far as Chris Godwin goes, being injured – having a tough matchup and things of that nature. There's an argument to be had. You just have to really see who you're more comfortable with. I mean, are, are you more comfortable with Chris Godwin, say, against uh, uh, Robert Woods? Or are you more comfortable with Chris Godwin, say, over Adam Thielen against a tough Chicago defense? So there's scenarios and things that I can see. Um, look, I, I think we talk about buy lows. And uh, if Chris Godwin has a bad game here against a tough Rams defense, I, I think he's a guy that you can go ahead and target as a, a buy low on the week. And I think you're going to see games and you're going to see some, some times and, and matchup-wise where things – flip flop back and forth between both Mike Evans and uh, and and Chris Godwin. But look, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I, I kind of have Chris Godwin on that that fringe wide receiver two range right there at, at wide receiver 25, 24 range. So I definitely see your point. Yeah, I think I just I think someone like Terry McLaurin, I'd start over Godwin. So that's kind of it's kind of where I'm at, I guess, because I mean you know McLaurin's a waiver wire guy, and you know figured hey, why not? Yeah, I mean, I could see it, but I mean, if I, I don't think you get too crazy, I think Godwin's definitely a solid flex play as as a wide receiver three this week, and he's still got some wide receiver two upside. Let's um, Buccaneers running backs. We're avoiding them at all costs, right? Yeah, I want no part of that. Um, I, look, I'm still interested to see where where Jai ends up landing. I think Tampa Bay would be a great fit for what he does. Seahawks Cardinals. Um... Cardinals going to be at home. I thought they were going to win last week. They disappointed me. It's it's just, I mean, look, Kyler's Kyler's top ten quarterback right now, though. So we saw him do it with his feet a little bit last week. It's a good, good Seattle Seahawks pass rush. I think this could be a Kyler run around week. So we'll start on the Cardinal side of things. So, um, where do you have Kyler Murray ranked, Scott? Look, I have him right there as my, my QB uh, 10 on the week. I think this is a suspect Seattle defense, and I think you're going to continue to see him function the way he has thus far. He's shown you enough to where you can be confident enough to start him. That that defense is bad, which is going to leave the Cardinals 
playing from behind a, a lot of weeks, which is, is going to give him a lot of passing opportunity to continue to put up points. The uh, Cardinals offense, David Johnson, you're starting. Uh, Kirk and Fitzgerald are both starts. I think we, we both probably agree on that. Damari Bird is out. So um, I know it's not really a fantasy relevant name, but Kyler has targeted him a good amount this year. He's kind of been that wide receiver three in that offense. So the reason I say that is with him out, I mean, Kirk and Fitz probably have, uh, I feel like they got, they both got top 20 upside. Yeah, I have both of them inside my my top twenty four. Um, there you go, Larry Fitzgerald topping out as uh, say a wide receiver fifteen. So, I think uh, both of them are, are good plays and solid starts on the week against a, a poor. Look, I'm just not high on this the secondary for uh, Seattle. They're not the Legion of Boom anymore. Seattle Seahawks Russell Wilson. I was super low on him, but I guess hey, they're uh, looks like they're gonna start they uh with Chris Carson fumbling and. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf proving their worth. I guess uh, I guess I was wrong. I guess this is going to be a passing offense. So Russell Wilson, he's kind of back to the uh, most, uh, I guess, most consistent fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, Russ is out, out there doing it. He's having to, to scramble a little bit more and, and, and doing some things. But he's my... Uh, He's going to go ahead and slide in as my QB4 on the week. I think uh, he, he's right there as far as the matchup goes. You're going to have Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson as my top three. So Russ is going to come in right there as number four. And, hey, let's let's go ahead and give Will Disley some freaking love because he's uh, out there doing the damn thing. He's going to slide in as my tight end seven this week. And, and we talked about it before, but this Arizona defense cannot deal with tight ends. So I, I think Will Disley is – if he's out there on a, on a waiver wire, you can go ahead and pluck him up and, and start him with confidence this week because I think it's a it's a nice, nice cush matchup this week for the tight end. Yeah, I love Will Disley this week. I couldn't agree more on that. Are you worried uh, with Chris Carson's fumbling issues? You know, it, it's going to definitely open the door for, uh, you know, another running back to, to get some options, but but Penny's been hurt, and uh, C.J. Prozice isn't going to be that guy that's going to take the job. The coaching staff basically came out and said that you're going to see continue to see Chris Carson get uh, touches, and and that's that goes to show you that one they are concerned about the fumbles, but just how how basically confident they are in the abilities and talent of Chris Carson to get things right. So I'm still going to have Chris Carson ranked high within my rankings. I think he's still a, a in the running back one to, to two option, kind of in that 12 to 13 range this week. So I think you can go ahead and continue to start him. If he fumbles this week, though, there's going to be hell to pay. You, you might see yeah. some things start to be made. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting for Carson. I think, you know, last week he might get a pass. I think rainy weather, good strip by, uh, by Pia, by Eli Apple out there. So I don't know. He might get a pass for last week, but you mentioned it there. You know, if he fumbles again, you might see Pete Carroll make a move. Um, Vikings at Bears. It's it's gonna be. A, it's. I don't think it's gonna be a boring game. You you would. You mean you make. Then when the schedule comes out, you know that's a game you think you'd want to watch. And I feel like it's gonna be a game I don't care about. Um, the Bears. Um, they're running backs. Scott. Uh, do we want to trust any of them? Because I'm about over it. Look, I, I think 
you know, David Montgomery, his snap counts are, are going up week in and week out. So you're going to see the rookie continue to to kind of be moved in, into a role. Mike Davis is getting phased out just a little bit. But I still have David Montgomery as, as a viable play. I have him as Marona back 24 on the week. Um, so I think he's he's good to go. But look, this is a tough matchup for both teams. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I think you might be able to go ahead and, and, and bench him this week. Um, I have him outside of my, my top 30. 36 running backs. Um, so he's a play that I'm not super high on this week. So I, I just think it's going to be a tough option. Even even for Allen Robinson, I have all the way down as my wide receiver 27 on the week. So I think it's a tough sudden all the way around in this matchup. Yeah, you mentioned Allen Robinson. I, I don't really trust him this week. Um, but Taylor Gabriel is out with a concussion. So, I mean, while I don't really want to trust Allen Robinson, if you have to, you might. There might be some uh, a small, sli- uh, kind of a small slither of hope there, maybe for Robinson to have a good game. Yeah, I mean, just from a volume standpoint, um, but it still goes. How much do you are you trusting Trubisky? Yeah. That one game that he had last week did not give me confidence going forward to that he's going to continue to do that. So uh, I think uh, Allen Robinson can definitely see the volume in this game. And and for that reason, you can go ahead and maybe slide him in as, as a flex. And if you have trouble, then, yeah, he's going to be on a low end of a wide receiver two plays. Dalvin Cook must start. Um, Kirk Cousins bench. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Um that's kind of like, in my opinion, it really could be the the talking point of fantasy right now. If you want to make it that, I, I think they've both been a disappointment to say the least. Um, we talked about it on the last show. We think Adam Thielen kind of has has his role carved out. So, um, man, it's hard, Scott. Um, we're sitting Stephon Diggs this week. I mean, I, I I'm sitting him in the the few leagues I have him in. So, I mean, should everyone sit Diggs? I mean, is there really a way you start him? Yeah, I think this week you uh you sit Diggs. Look, I, I like Diggs a lot and what he's what he brings to the table as a route runner and a wide receiver, but he, he's gonna probably draw the tougher matchup with uh with Fuller being being shading him most of the game. I think Amukamara is gonna D up on Thielen, so I think Thielen has the better of the matchups. He's been getting the more consistent volume there within the Minnesota offense and. and Look, I, like I said, it's just going to be a tough matchup all the way around. I have Diggs slotted in as my wide receiver 34 on the week. So it, you can slot him in as a, as a flex play, but I'm not even confident in that from a volume standpoint at this point in time. So it, it, it's still going to be a risky play if you have to play Diggs. Um, Thielen kind of comes in as my wide receiver 17 on the week. So a little bit more confidence in that matchup. But I, I, I think this is still going to be uh, all about these defenses. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's tough. Uh, Adam Thielen, uh, we mentioned that we think his his role is carved out. Are you, how confident are you that Thielen's going to kind of remain a top 15 or be a top 15 wide receiver this year in fantasy? Because without that running touchdown last week, Thielen's outside top 30 for the whole season. Yeah, it's definitely a concern from a volume standpoint. I mean, the market share is there. He's still getting 28% of the targets there for Minnesota, but they're just not passing the ball a lot. They haven't had to up until this point because Dalvin Cook has just been killing it out there. He's on pace for over 350 touches on the year. I don't know how sustainable that is. They'll have to kind of start to move in a different direction to, to keep Cook fresh. Whether that ends up being passing the ball more or getting Alexander Madison more involved, we don't know yet. So it'll be interesting 
interesting to see how things shake out in this 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 matchup. If the the run game starts getting shut down and they have to pass, I really want to see how much the volume. You know, are we going to see Kirk Cousins still under thirty passing attempts, or is this a, a game where he can get over forty? You know, I just don't know at this this point in this juncture. This this Chicago defense has looked great. I think really for this game, I kind of look towards what you saw in Week One in the matchup between uh, you know the Packers and, and what they did. And I think that's the type of game that you're going to go ahead and see this week between the the Bears and the Vikings. Yeah, I just I don't know, just <laughs> not really interested in too much of it. I guess it'll be intriguing to see if Dalvin uh, continues his uh, his rampant tear right now. Another game that I really don't care about, Jaguars-Broncos, Broncos at home. Uh, we saw Phil Lindsay last week. He looked good. He kind of looked like kind of his old self, two touchdowns. Phil Lindsay, we, we're trusting him this week. I know Royce Freeman is off the injury list, so he's, he's a full go. So do we like Lindsay this week to kind of maybe uh, try to pick up some, some momentum or kind of like that fringe RB2? Yeah, I think uh, French RB2 is about right. I have him as my running back 19. Um, but look, last week, the only thing it proved to me was that, it was that I think Denver and their offense, they like Phillip Lindsay in that, that goal line role more than they do Freeman. Freeman's still going to continue to to cut into the snaps and the touches there for Lindsay. So Lindsay Sealand is definitely capped. I, I don't expect him to to do what he did last week. You did, he did have the touchdowns, and, and that really was what catapulted him up up the charts uh, as as to what he did. But uh, I think you're you're going to continue to see a split backfield with him and, and Royce Freeman. But we have to like what we're seeing out of Flacco in the sense of Lindsey is getting some catches. We ha- we have to like the uh, I feel like we have to like the floor for Lindsey to catch the ball a few times each week. Yeah, as of right now, you definitely do. So I like what I'm seeing as far as that. But as I said, just from a, a total touch volume standpoint, I think it's still capped with uh, with Royce Freeman. So we'll have to see. And it's against a tough Jacksonville defense, so they haven't done quite as what they much as what they've done in the past few years and 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 whatnot. But I think it's still going to be a tough matchup for Lindsey. Emmanuel Sanders, top twenty four, or just outside. Whew, um, I'm just not a big Manny Sanders fan. Uh, I know people are pumped because he came back from from the injury and, and everything, but I, I just don't think he's he's there yet. He's not going to be in in my top 24 this week at all. I'll have him actually. I'm looking at my rankings right now. I have him slotted in as wide receiver 38. Um, it's really going to come down to whether or not Jalen Ramsey's going to play, and I, I feel like Jalen Ramsey's playing a lot of games with the. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coaching staff and their front office staff as far as whether or not there's a stare down to get a trade done here. I, I agree. I don't, I don't really like any Emmanuel Sanders at all this week. Um, Jaguars. Uh, see if the, the it, look, the legend of Gardner Minshew is going to go insane. If the Jaguars pull off a win this week in Denver, um, Leonard Fournette, Scott, we, we, we spoke our praises of him last show. We're starting him, obviously, by low. How confident are we that Leonard's going to have a running back one week this week? Look, as far as things go, right now, Broncos are, are, are giving up the third most fantasy points to running backs. So I'm definitely getting Leonard Fournette all across the board. Uh, you start looking at it and just 
just listen to to some of these things. But Josh Jacobs, he had two two touchdowns, eighty five yards, twenty eight receiving yards. David Montgomery, sixty two rushing yards, a touchdown, another six receiving yards, and and then Aaron Jones had two touchdowns against them. So look, as far as I'm concerned, I'm getting I'm getting all the Leonard Fournette I can into to some some lineups this week. I, I think you can you can definitely be uh, comfortable with him as a as a play this week. And we we talked about it with Devontae Adams. You've got a short window. Go buy low on somebody that that's un, unhappy with what they've gotten out of Leonard Fournette thus far. Uh, DJ Chark. Um, I know, so I guess we'll, we'll lump them in together. DJ Chark, DD Westbrook. I mean, any really kind of flex plays this week? You know, Harris is is one of the better cornerbacks there in the league. So it's really going to be dependent upon who he locks up on. Um, I'm not. I'm not terribly high on either one of the guys this week. I, I'm just, I, I think the the game flow and the game script is gonna gonna benefit the uh, the running game and Leonard Fournette a little bit more. So both of those guys are, are gonna fall outside of my my top thirty six wide receivers this week. So I, um, it's such an interesting game to talk about. We'll go Saints Cowboys. Um, no Drew Brees. So I mean. It's like you want to talk about them, but I don't because they're all starts anyway. I mean, Michael Thomas is a start. Alvin Kamara is a start anyway. Um, anyone in that Saints offense you really don't like this week who we normally would start? Look, I, I think one of the people we got to talk about is Latavius Murray just has not gotten the run that we expected. We a lot of There's a lot of talk that he was just going to slide into that Mark Ingram role. That hasn't happened thus far. I mean, it's been all Alvin Kamara, and I think you're going to continue to see that as the year goes on with, with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So the, the concern right now is if you have Latavius Murray, you, you kind of have to hold on to him. But I think you might be in a position to where if – if you have a trade offer that's out there and Latavius Murray is kind of what puts it over and you're doing more of a two-for-one where you're getting the best value of it, I think Latavius Murray is definitely an option to, as a throw-in to get a deal done right now. I dropped I dropped him in a 10-team league, to be honest. Um, I think I think the issue right now um, is just... I, I, I He's not startable with, with without Drew Brees. It's not. I mean, you saw it last week. Um, the Saints offense, their best chances right now, and look, you can win in the NFL with it, and when you have as much talent as the Saints do, you can win that way. So I think their game plan is going to be just lean and let their most talented playmakers backpack them, and that's Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. So I don't think Latavius is going to get much run uh, you know, with, with Teddy Bridgewater under center. I just don't think you're going to see much Latavius Murray at all. I don't think he's talented enough to do – a lot of the things that Alvin Kamara does on his own. So I think Latavius Murray, I think his uh, his uh, his success is tied into Drew Brees and a, and a heavy passing offense. So it's just yeah, it's it's rough for Latavius Murray. Jared Cook, um, God damn, it's what a disappointment there as well. I mean, he was going off the board as like tight end seven or eight. Um, we've just look. I mean, every tight end that comes into New Orleans, none of them succeed like Jimmy Graham has, and everyone expects them to. So they fly up the draft boards. Jared Cook, if he puts up a dud this week, is he droppable? Because I dropped him this week for Will Disley. I don't really care anymore. I, I think if there's a Will Disley option out there or, or Chris Herndon, but, man, I, I have Jared Cook ranked as my tight end 14 on the week. But, I, I, dude, it's rough out there in them tight end, tight end waiver wire streets right now. So I, I don't know what better options you can really have unless you find, like, a Will Disley or 
or something like that. I mean, Jimmy Graham had a big, big game this past week, um, Thursday night. So I, I think there's possibly some options on the waiver wire, but, but yeah, I think un, until you see Drew Brees come back, Jared Cook is definitely a droppable option. Yeah, just no real interest there in Jared Cook, to be honest. Um, Cowboys, Zeke, we're starting. Mari Cooper, we're starting. Dak, we're starting. I mean, Scott, is there really anything to say about the Cowboys offense? Because I feel like fantasy-wise, like there's no Michael Gallup, so we can't start him. So I guess just everyone that we would start in the Cowboys offense, just roll them out. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the big concern for the Saints has to be is what's going on with Marshawn Lattimore, because he has had a, a, a steady decline of play from what what you saw with him as a rookie. I mean, he was kind of all world as a rookie. I was surprised at how well he played as a rookie. And, and this year, he's already given up more receiving yards in, in his zone and in his coverage than what he gave up his entire rookie year. So that's really concerning for me. And I think at this point in time, it's all systems go if you've got Dallas Cowboys players. Yeah, I think they're I think they're playing a lot of zone defense because of the running quarterbacks that they've been playing. They've been playing a lot of mobile quarterbacks. That's my guess. That, that's what I think. I, I think uh, you know Lattimore was really excelled last year in man defense. So I think that's on Dallas Island there. But uh, you know I agree. I think uh, Mari Cooper's in for a big week. I think they're gonna have to lean on Coop this week. I think this is the Cowboys' first real test of the season. So I think this is gonna be a I think it's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a really good game, and I think you're gonna see a lot of uh, a lot of leaning on their playmakers as well. Steelers, Bengals, Monday night. Uh, the Monday night slate is just gonna be awful for the next month. Um, we start in Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph, you're not starting him. Scott, um, man. So we're starting James Conner, but uh, you know what happens when he's a dud this week. Yeah, if he's a dud this week, then you've got some big concerns on your hands. Um, you know, the, up until this point, he has not done what you want. And, and it's it's really concerning because that, that Pittsburgh offensive line brought back all the starters. Um, but look, I, I have him as my, my running back seven this week. And uh, I'm going to have to really do some soul searching and some some breakdowns of, of what's going on with James Conner if he doesn't perform this week against a struggling Cincinnati defense. Deontay Johnson. He's sneaky this week, isn't he? Because I feel like he is. Whew, uh, are, are you that confident in Mason Rudolph? Well, define sneaky. Sneaky. I said sneaky. Keep that in mind. So, so for me, a sneaky guy is a guy that doesn't fall within your your say top thirty six wide receiver rankings. But is he top has enough? That you think has enough upside to to go ahead and, and sneak on into to those rankings and and be that type of player and. Um, for me, I, I I don't have him in in that range, um, and it, it's more that I'm concerned with with Mason Rudolph. I just haven't seen enough out of him. So for me, Deontay Johnson's going to fall outside of my top fifty. Oh, I think he's top 50, 50 this week. We can so and any bet, just let me know between now and tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I just like him. I think he's got a rapport with with Rudolph. I think you see really just. A complete, which I, I felt like it was going to be the case. Like throughout the year, I was like, "God damn, am I really going to trust Dante Moncrief again?" And now he's gone all of a sudden. So uh, I don't know. I think that Deontay Johnson and PPR, I think he's for sure top fifty. Uh, I'm not saying that makes him a sneaky play, but I don't know. I think he's a little sneaky this week. Um, so are we concerned with Vance McDonald and his injury? Because I mean, you have to add in the fact that the Steelers brought in Nick Vanette. 
Yeah, I was in a position earlier in the week where uh, I had to make a decision whether or not to hold out and start McDonald on a Monday night game or go ahead and play Dallas Goddard Thursday night. So I went Ooh, ahead play and Goddard? Yeah, I played Goddard, got the go. touchdown. So I was happy with that. Um, there was nothing out there on the waiver wire to, to really write home about. So rolled the dice, went ahead and got it done. I think at this point in time, you do have to be concerned. And if uh, you have another option at tight end, you don't want to wait for this to be a game time decision. You don't want this to be a situation where he takes a hit in the middle of the game and runs to the sideline and you don't see him again. So if there's other options out there for you instead of Vance McDonald, you go ahead and do that. Um, I'd even consider starting Vernon Davis over him at this point in time i agree i think Vern davis for sure i don't even think think twice about that one um the Bengals side of things so um i mean i think we, we saw a little bit last week at a joe mixon so joe mixon we're starting him right we're, we're not listening to the uh outside freak out and noise no, I, th- I think Joe Mixon's just in a position where he's banged up early in the season, and as he gets healthier and as this offensive line becomes a little bit more cohesive, you're going to see Mixon continue to get better. You're still seeing him worked in as far as getting targets and, and, and volume in the past game. So for me, I have him as a running back 16 this week against Pittsburgh, and I'm comfortable with that ranking. Tyler Boyd must start. Um <laughs> I guess you're the wrong person to ask about this, Scott. John Ross. What are we doing with John Ross? John Ross outside of my top 40. He comes in at wide receiver 41. Um, I just think, uh, I, I particularly this, I, I think this is a week for Tyler Boyd. I have him as my wide receiver 20 on the week, so I, I'm more, a lot more comfortable with him. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the better topic is just Andy Dalton. I, I think... Andy Dalton has been a premier streaming option for uh, for people who stream quarterbacks. I have him as a, a quarterback 17 this week. I think this is a, a possible game that you can see as a, as a shootout maybe um, here on, on Monday night. So I think there there are options out there where I can see uh, playing Andy Dalton this week as a, as a streamer. And I think the success that both Ross and Boyd have been having is is – based upon Andy Dalton and how he's functioned within this new offense. It's funny because uh, we saw this. Uh, you might have to help me on the year, Scott. Was it 2014? One of those years, Andy Dalton was top five. And, you know, it's just he's shown the ability to do this, and then he hasn't, and now he is again. So, yeah, I, I think that's a bad defense out there. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of good Andy Dalton plays to where he can be a good bi-week replacement. Um, anyone else on that Bengals team, Scott, you have any interest in, or uh, Tyler Eifert maybe, any any talk about him at tight end? No, nah, man, I think either tight ends are going to be extremely touchdown dependent, and it's not something, I mean, it's more of a desperation play at that point in time if you're rolling any of those guys into your lineups. If you're in a, if you're in a bind, do you consider Tyler Eifert due to the fact that he has the Cardinals next week? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're in a real bind, that's definitely something to consider um, just because the Cardinals have been atrocious against the tight end. Yeah, so you can kind of two birds, one stone. Maybe I I, kind of like doing that uh, sometimes, especially, you know, if you're in a league that um, plays with, uh, you know, waiver order, you know, versus fab. (sighs) All right, Scott, uh, smash plays of the week. You want to get into it? Yeah, you know, let's go ahead and start at quarterback. And uh, I, I talked about it. I, I like getting in players against this Kansas City Chiefs offense. So I, I'll go ahead and do a two for right now because I'm going to stack both Matt Stafford and uh, Marvin Jones. I think uh, just the 
the game script and the way things are going to be going for Detroit. I've talked about wanting to get as much of the the pass catchers involved as, as I possibly can. I'm I'm super high on Marvin Jones, probably a little bit higher than you'll see across uh, any other experts' rankings throughout the week. So uh, Marvin Jones and uh, Matt Stafford, two guys that I'm going to stack. Um, you know, you, you got a seven and a half point spread there and in Detroit on the road. So I expect a lot of passing, man, we are peas in a pod today. So I'm going to go a stack as well for mine. And look again, just full disclosure. I would go Mark, Marquez Valdez scaling, even though I, you know, fuck that up, but that's why I would have went at wide receiver, but it's, you know, just for the sake of us doing smash plays for tomorrow. Um, I like Daniel Jones. Um, I, yeah, I'll go with that. Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, quarterback, wide receiver. I like, I like the upside of Jones. I, I again, it might be a stretch. I think the over unders in the forties. I think this is going to be a high scoring game out in New York. I think you have no Saquon Barkley. You have Wayne Gallman, who while we kind of like as a top twenty four running back, the talent really isn't there uh, in my opinion. And I mean, no real pass catching running backs out there. So. I like Sterling Shepard to be a beast in PPR this week. I'm thinking 15-plus points at minimum. That's a stretch. I'm saying that. If he finds the end zone this week, I think you're looking at 7-for-80 type game. And I think Jones does a little work with his legs. So I really like New York playing at home behind Jones. They really seem to buy into what Jones was doing last week, and the team really got behind him. So I I really like uh, Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard this week. So that will be my quarterback and wide receiver. So... That's just missing for us running back tight end. Scott, who you like at running back? Look, uh, I'm just going to buy into to Gruden and, and what's coming out of, of Oakland. And I, I have Josh Jacobs at, at, at running back 18, which is a little bit higher than. I think he's uh, definitely going to go ahead and smash his ranking this week and, and perform, you know, better than that 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 running back 18 ranking that I have on him. So Josh Jacobs is going to be my play this week at, at running back, and I'm pretty comfortable with what I think he can do against the Indianapolis defense. Yeah, I um, I like that a lot as well. I think I, I think I said it when we were talking about the games. I think that's top 12 upside right there. I think you could see a top 10 week from him. I would have totally gone Justin Jackson here, so he kind of uh, he kind of ruined that for me. But that's all right, no big deal. So um, I'm thinking a little bit deeper here, and I think this might be a little, I guess, a little bit of a stretch here. I'm gonna roll with, I'm gonna take the chance, and I'm gonna go for the. Uh, I guess you can mark this down, and your uh, we can save it or something. I'll go Derrick Henry. I think it's a smash play of the week. Scott, you mentioned you have him top 10. I'm not even that high on him, so I'm glad you didn't pick him because I just, Derek Henry, someone I have outside of my top 20 going into the year, someone in PPR I really don't like, but I think the upside's there. I think this could be a big week for Derek Henry. Again, it's a bad Falcons defense, in my opinion. You're down Keanu Neal. You have, an, you have a team who, honestly, I, I like to buy into this a little bit. I mean, more so when I'm gambling, but then fantasy, but... I like a Titans team who's going to be playing for a lot. I mean, they, they really need a win here. They're inside. You have to think the Falcons are going to try to slow the game down, do their injuries. Um, so I, I think Derrick Henry is going to be my uh, smash play of the week. We just won't publish that online. Um, so keep keep my uh, keep my keep my Derrick Henry uh, hate going. Uh, yeah, well. you're a closet Derrick Henry stand. <laughs> Definitely not, but I, I like it this week. I just I, I think I mentioned that for right off the top of the show. I don't know. I feel it with Derrick Henry this week. 
which is funny because I feel it, and he's definitely going to be awful, and then I'm going to you know, track back a little bit and be like, damn, I, I, I knew it. I always knew it. Um, is our Smash Play of the Week at tight end the same person? I have to think it is, and, and I just think Will definitely. <laughs> I, look, I, I think you have him at tight end five. I have him at tight end seven. So I don't think there's a whole lot more juice oh, yeah. left on the squeeze. But for a guy that you could kind of pluck off a waiver wire this week against a horrible Arizona secondary and, and even line, linebacker core. Yeah, I think Will Disley's easily the smash play of the week for both of us here at tight end this week. Yeah, and just um, I guess we can just just so we can give someone else a little bit. I, I would go Disley 100 100. Uh, times out of 100 um would another sneaky play by beyond that just to give people a name I, I really i think we talked about a little bit but vernon davis right i think we like vernon davis a lot this week yeah i, I like vernon davis um the only thing that that troubles me a little bit with vernon davis is that his snap count has, has kind of declined a little bit if i'm gonna throw another guy out there i think i'd take a stab at jack dole i hit on him a little okay. bit earlier yeah, and, and another guy to kind of keep in the back of your mind Noah Fant has been consistently getting a, a good target share and good snap share there in, in Denver. Uh, he's been mistake prone with, with some fumbles and, and some drops. But uh, I think there are situations out there for, for Noah Fant to succeed. So keep an eye on him on your waiver wire if he's out there. And, and he's a sneaky, sneaky deep play this week. That'll do it for our smash plays. Um, all right. So let me pose this question to you, Scott. I'm going to try not to ramble about it because I'm trying to think of the way to word it. So, look, Scott, uh, you're 1-2 this week. Even you're 0-3, honestly. Um, what are your thought? What is your thought process right now? Um, because, I mean, if you're 0-3, if you're 0-3 especially, um, I mean, you know, what are you thinking this week when you're setting your lineup and you're going out to a game? Because I feel like this is where we're going to see in a lot of leagues – a lot of people check out, people give up, people really stop playing the waiver wire. Is there anything that you could say to owners who are struggling right now and who might think that they don't really they, they don't really have a chance and their season's over? Look, I think if you're in that, that position right now, you just have to take a stab on some of these upside plays. You have to go on a waiver wire and grab guys like Alexander Madison, who's not playing right now, but if an injury occurred to, to Dalvin Cook, he's going to be the guy. You have to start looking and, and just... Just throw everything out of the the window and, and not necessarily start from scratch, but you have to take those lottery ticket chances for for some of these players to get hurt, and you you got to shake some things up and, and and make some moves. I think the season is, it really starts here in week four when the bye week starts, so you might have a lot of teams out there that are are three and zero or, or two and one, and they just don't have the bench. So make some strategic moves. Be savvy with with what you're doing, and, and look, don't just don't be that owner in the league that just quits. That's, that's yes, please out don't. <laughs> default lineups and missing bye weeks and, and things like that. Don't be that dude. That's kind of why I asked it because I, I feel like and look, it's it's not, it's not a rag on anybody. I just I feel like that's you know it's 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 easy for for you to to really to really give up i feel like especially in leagues if you have bragging right leagues with friends and stuff so i can see that but it it affects more than you know um for for god's sake um so i guess if you're looking for help if you're one of those people you can find us and find scott smith because i said to start marquez valdez scantling i had people in my replies i had a dm shout out to that person dming me we all have misses. So if you want to follow Scott Smith because he's the better analyst, where can they find you, Scott? Yeah, you can hit me up 
at Scott Smith FF on Twitter and uh, look, hit us up on on our uh, pod page, you know, on Twitter. So at Four Downs Pod, we're more than happy to answer any questions and give you some questionable advice. Yeah, <laughs> give you advice that apparently doesn't work and piss people off. I, I swore, I swear, guys, I, I thought he was a he was a blow up. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna. Uh, I mean, look. Valdez Scanling went nine for 100 last week and two touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't know what else you want from me, guys. I mean, I, I try to give you good advice, and sometimes it doesn't work. But if you want to try to follow that good advice, that is, or questionable advice, I should say, at AndrewWXXV on Twitter. And, guys, just like or follow, subscribe. We're on Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast. Uh, a, lot of cool, a, lot of, a lot of cool websites that you can really um, – Really listen to our show. I think, you know, I, I looked into a few other Anchor, uh, not Anchor, excuse me, a few other podcast websites uh, that are more compatible with Android. So I'm working on that in the process. Um, so I guess really that'll do it for the show. Uh, you know, it's a Saturday show. We're going to try not to release these on Saturday, but we should be aiming for a Monday night, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday morning show to really help you with the waiver wire and try to make some moves. Um, Scott, anything else to add before all of our listeners get the W to go 4-0 because, you know, we give them off uh, awesome advice. Get on those chargers this week if you're in Survivor Leagues. There's no other team to play. <laughs> I am not going chargers this week. I'm going Rams. Is that you just, like, being amazed? He doesn't have words for me. You see that? No. He, he he doesn't even have words for me that I'm going Rams. Um, I mean, look, all I'm going to say is the Vegas line keeps flooding down. Money's flooding Miami. If there's a week, if there's a team that they lose to, it's for sure the Chargers. So I guess you don't agree with that, Scott? Or if they beat, be the Chargers? It's it's definitely going to be a rough one. I mean, it, it's... It oh. might be, but, like, I think there was, uh, there was a few years ago in fantasy we were like... Uh, Everyone was fading the Browns, and like I think everyone like just pick, pick against the Browns, pick against the Browns every year. And that year, the Browns beat the Chargers. I'll never forget it. Eliminate everybody out of Survivor. So I don't know. I have this. I just I have this feeling that it could happen. It definitely won't because I mean it's like a fifteen and a half point spread. But I don't know. I think it's possible. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right while everyone else goes left to pick against the Dolphins. We'll see. Go get that W. <laughs> go get that W, guys. Um, again, Twitter, Spotify, everywhere. Follow us, subscribe. Thanks for li- listening. Good luck in your leagues. Give me some brew and I might just chill But I'm the type that like to light another joint Like Cypress Hill I still do these spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it Go get the S, the T-I-D-E-S Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh Rolling joints like a cigarette So pass it across the table like ping pong I'm gone, beating my chest like King Kong And some wrap my lips around the phone And when it comes to getting another soggy Fools all kick in like Shinobi Know me ain't my homie too it's too many hands to be Probably let my friend hit bit Unless you pull out the fat crispy Five dollar bill on the real before it's history Cause fools be having them vacuum lungs And if you let them hit it for free You hella dumb dum dum I come to school with a tailor on my earlobe Avoiding all the flick teasers Skeezers and weirdos Got me throwing off the land like where the bomb at Give me two bucks you take a puff and pass my bomb back Suck up the dank like a slurpee The serious bomb will make a nigga go delirious like Andy Murphy. I-
I got more growing pains than Maggie. Cause homies nag me to take the dang out of the bag. To burn slow so the ashes won't be burning in my hand, bruh. Hoogies get hit, but they know they got a pitch and bent. I roll a joint that's longer than your extension. Cause I'll be damned if you get high off me for free. Hell no, you better bring your own slip cheap. What's up, don't babysit that? Better pass the joint. Stop hitting cause you know you got asthma. Crack the body open, homie, and guzzle it. Cause I know the weed in my system is getting lonely. I gotta take a whiz test to my PO. Cause I done smoke major weed, bro And every time we with Chris That fool rolling up a fatty But the Tango race straight had me Head to the east, hit the stroke to 9 0 so we can roll big hot sheets. I wish I could fade the eight, but I'm no budget. Still rolling the two dough, cut the same old bucket. Foggy window, soggy endo. I'm in the land getting smoke with my kid up in smoke. Yeah, just spray your layer down. Up in the OAK, the town. Homies don't play around, we down there, blaze a pound. Then ease up, speed up through the ESO. Drink the BSOP up with the lemon squeeze up. And everybody's roller. I'm the roller that's quick to fold up. Out of a bunch of sticky doja Hold up, suck up my weed It's all you need, kicking feet Cause we're IBs, we need to fight the fool fool